0: So catchy. (laughs) Did you have anything to do with that? Absolutely. You are listening to The Business of Life with Arlene Dickinson, and I am Jan Arden. I'm speaking to you from my kitchen table in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Actually, Rocky View County. And Arlene is in the studio with our engineer, Adam.
1: Adam is feeling great today. I can just feel it through the airwaves. We love Adam. Adam is always consistently the same human he is kind he is generous he is thoughtful he uh, he he knows when to tell us to stop talking but he does so in a polite way he usually is waving his one finger at well his index finger at me going one more minute one more because <laughs> I'm always here in Toronto for some reason lately and you're always in Calgary but you're you just bought a place in Toronto Jen I did
0: I uh, well, I'm I'm in Toronto 40 or 50 days a year. So imagine, if you will, everyone staying in a hotel. It's expensive because I travel with my road manager, so the two of us. And any decent hotel in Toronto. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, folks. It's like 300 bucks for something like decent, something that is, you know, has some room service that you can order because my hours are so kooky. But anyway, um, so yeah, it's a little pad. You don't get a lot. You don't get a lot of square footage um, for, you know. Anyway, I'm so in debt now that it's beyond belief, so everyone can feel sorry for me. But I, too, have many mortgages. And I'm a proud tax-paying Canadian, so there you go.
1: I'm, i Am I part of the problem or the solution? I can't tell. <laughs> hey, you know, um, you make me laugh, and you know what that makes <laughs> me think of? Um unfortunately, uh, so sadly, I am a little bit heartbroken, is that, um, well, did you ever watch, did you ever watch the Carol Burnett show? Of course you yes. watched the Carol Burnett show. She didn't die. No, um, no, Tim Conway. Oh. Tim Conway. Uh, he, he passed he, away. He passed away.
0: Doris S- Day just
1: passed away too, not so long Day, ago. And Doris Day, Tim Conway, Doris Day. Yeah, but Tim was like, he was that... Uh, uh, the Carol Burnett show, I always loved him because he was that funny kind of, he was just always kind of squeezing into the comedy. Mrs. Wiggins. Right. Yes. He was just brilliant. He was a brilliant comedian. And from what I've read about him, uh, also an amazing human being. So at any rate, rest in peace to Tim and and to Doris. And man, it's hard to believe that he was in his 80s and she was 90 something, wasn't she?
0: She was 97. It was really funny. Doris Day was, they didn't know how old she was. So they had celebrated, this is a few years ago, her like 93rd birthday. And I'm, I do get the Doris Day newsletter because she does so much uh, animal advocacy. So I have been in, kind of involved with um, just following that charity and Anyway, it turns out that she was actually a year older than they thought she was. So I think when she was 93, she was actually 94. So she, yeah, she was 97 years old when she passed away. And I think that is amazing. And I will say, Doris Day, for those who are a certain age, I'm like 57, and uh, so my mom and dad always watched those movies with her and Rock Hudson, Please Don't Eat the Daisies. And um, there was just so many amazing... um, um, what was her name? Calliope Jane? No. Calum- Calamity Jane? Calamity Jane. I'm so Calliope silly. Jane? <laughs> yeah, forgive me. <laughs> forgive me. Calamity Jane. Calamity but anyway, Jane. Uh, she was at the height of fame. She was in her 50s. Imagine she was doing these rom-coms. She was probably around my age and she got out of it. She was at the top of her game, she was in demand, she was still working, and she just got out of it. She's like, nope, I'm done. And I have always admired her for that. She's like, I actually want to go and have a life. I want to do so much stuff for animals, and I want to start up, you know, a foundation. And she went off and she did that for 40 years. Really? Yeah. That's very cool. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. I had no idea. I mean...
0: Some people hang on to that fame until it just looks so bad on everybody. They just won't let it go. I hope I have the sense God gave a fish to bow out <laughs> when it's
1: time to bow the out. Sen- the sense God gave a fish. You know, but can, I, can we talk about age for a second? Um, I, I know we've spoken about it before, but I have a real pet peeve about younger people talking in condescending tones to older people. You know, it's kind of, yes, dear, and oh, isn't that cute that you're doing that? And Or they yell at them because they're convinced that they can't hear, so they raise their voices so, you know, like as if they're deaf, even when they're not. Or they have to explain things in simple terms because they're sure that that this older, elderly person can't possibly understand a complex thought. Or, you know, you could just go on and on, but it really irritates me when there's this condescending patronizing patronizing tone that is used with elderly people like they are not just because they're elderly does not mean that they suddenly became 16 years old again like and that's how we talk to them and i really hate it i really hate it well i think
0: that's once again it's a cultural thing i think it comes from a lack of respect sometimes um and that we as we get older somehow lose our worthiness, we somehow become marginalized. Um, And I think it's, I think it's, you can say the same for women and for men. Um, It's like you hit this magic marker of, let's say 70. And if you don't keep up with the herd, you, you see, you can be cut out and, and not listened to. And they've done lots of uh, hidden camera tests and stuff with, Elderly senior citizens going into like a tire shop or a hairdresser's or into a drugstore. And they've they've actually, you know, filmed how younger people are treated as opposed to older people. And it really is appalling the differences in service the The tone exactly what you what you uh, just said is how they're spoken to, and it's this yes, dear, and kind of condescending, and patting them on the head, and um, not talking to them like adults. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've we've earned our stripes. I mean, I'm finally at an age where I can frigging rent a car and have my own credit card. You know what I mean? I want to milk it for all it's worth.
1: (laughs) Do you get the discount? No, you. Oh, at at, fifty five, don't you get the discount at fifty five? See, I think there's so many benefits to being you know, a little bit older, but I I don't care about my age. I do care about people acting like somehow I lost a brain because I, you know, turned over 55. Like, I'm not stupid just because I'm older. And, you know, like maybe on technology I can be a little bit dumb, but I think there's a lot of people that can be a little bit dumb on technology. I don't know if that's just an age thing. Sometimes I think I'm more tech savvy than a lot of the kids I know, Um, but I can't program. Well, I know, but you—that's when you hire
0: people, Arlene. That's what I mean about being in a position of power, and and uh, you know, you can hire who you need to get the job done. I and don't that feel is powerful. Really, well—that's a funny you see, word I, to me. I will never understand how you perceive yourself, and this goes out to everybody. How we perceive ourselves is not what other people see. Like. I, we're all so hard on ourselves, Arlene. Like, we're so terribly hard on ourselves. We, you know, I, I don't know how we got to this place where we don't appreciate our bodies, like these amazing things that get us through our lives. And we're so hard on each other. They're saying now that men are almost at that point, they are as hard on themselves and on their bodies as women have been historically. Like they are really catching up to um, how they feel about their butts or their legs or their arms or their chests or their face. I mean, men are doing uh, almost as many procedures as women are now. So I don't know why we look at ourselves and see the enemy. Like I don't do that to myself. I, I just don't. Maybe it was my mom, the way she spoke to me. She always was so positive. Like, she just always was. Well, you've got cute little arms. There's nothing wrong with your face. And you'd look cute in that. And she just, I never had one of those moms that sat at the table tapping on her coffee cup going, you know, you'd have a really pretty face if you lost 40 pounds. And I know there's so many young women out there and young men that are dealing with a significant other in their lives that are are suppressing them, pushing them down, taunting them, making them feel less than they are and that stuff really penetrates the human psyche.
1: I think it's I think it's so important what you just said about parenting and about how what we say to our children has so much impact. Uh, can I can I read you something? Can I will you humor me? I'd love. Yeah, I'm ready. So on Mother's Day, um I spoke um I spoke to my kids obviously. And my well two I had conversations in particular with uh, I had conversations with all four kids, but my daughters um both said to me pretty much the same thing. Uh, one said it to me, and one wrote it to me in a post. But they both said the same thing to me. I want to read to you what my one daughter wrote in an Instagram post. She's, and it, what she posted was a really. Is this going to make me cry? Well, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, it it certainly made me cry. Um, it, she posted with a picture of when she was about, I would say she was about two years old, and we were somewhere on holidays, and I was I was on a beach, and I was sitting beside her. She was up on a picnic table, and I was looking at her, in, you know, from I was on the sand looking up at her and uh, watching her just to make sure she was okay. And she's, she wrote, um, As I am about to write this caption, I feel overwhelmed with the amount of amazing things I could tell you all about my mother. Maybe some of them may feel a bit cliched. Most of you may not know may, most of you may know who she is, some maybe not. But of the handful of you that do, I've got to say, you still don't truly know. I'm gonna cry. Then she said, "I think this photo is the best way I can show you just a small part of the woman she is to me. It's apparent to me from this photo that even from a very young age she believed in me. Yep. To let me be curious and brave on my own. See, I shouldn't have read this. To feel strong and independent, smart, and more importantly, capable. I have always felt beautiful and confident because of her. I walk with so much pride in who I am as a person because of her. I am not proud of her because of the person you all think she is. I am proud because of what you see in this photo, a mother who believes unquestionably in her daughter, but who will always be right behind her, not far away in case she ever needs her. And then she goes, I love you, mom. Now stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> Carly was talk. Was that Carly? or is Marina- that was Marina. But Carly, Carly said virtually the same thing to me on the phone and both, you know, what, I think to your point, Jan, about how we become what we hear as children um, is so important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. So
0: for those of you who are parents or even those of you who are friends or partners, I think we can be inundated with negativity from someone who doesn't feel great about themselves. So those things are, they're passed along like that, that kind of unkindness. Um, That's what people do. If you, are around anybody, a friend, a a parent, a lover, a husband, a child, aunt, uncle. If, If you feel anything less than lifted, you have to learn how to limit your time with people that don't lift you up. And you also have to be the lifter you, you know, a lot of, well, she's so mean to me, so that's why I don't even have anything to do with her. I mean, if you listen to that kind of dialogue, you know that it doesn't work that way. Uh, being human being is about doing that heavy lifting. It's about encouraging people. But, you know, I, I agree with your daughters. It, it is about having someone who, and sometimes it's not a, a mom. Sometimes it's not a dad. Sometimes it is that that family that you choose, rather than the one you're born with, that that lifts you up and cheers you on. Words are so powerful. Encouragement is bigger than anything. Encouraging words can change, can literally change a person's DNA. There's a science involved with how our brains take um, encouragement and kindness. It 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 it's it's almost like you can fight disease with it. And that's proven, too, the positivity of how you feel about yourself. But, yeah, my mom and even my dad, although he was very flawed, aren't we all, but my dad always made me feel like I could do anything. And my dad made me a good business person. He made sure that I understood I was never to take crap from anybody. And he was hard on me, but as I look back now, I would never want him to be any different to me than he was. And that takes a lot for me to say that. I used to wish that I had a different dad, and I don't wish that anymore.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that's amazing that you can say that, Jan, because I know you've struggled so much with that, right? And and I think the context and... Being able to look back and understand that our parents, we've spoken about this before, but everyone's done the best job they could possibly do, you know, given the tools they had to work with. And we all grew up in different circumstances. And with, with parents who, you know, either berated us or supported us or, you know, um, pushed us down instead of pushing us up. I mean, there there's just so much complexity to the the childhoods we have and the impacts that has on us as adults. But I've always said that our past, you know, um, it does definitely shape us, but it doesn't define us. It doesn't define who we can be in the future. It certainly shapes us as humans. It it, it informs us. It gives us context and and information that we then turn into whatever we can turn it into. But it doesn't have to define who we are in the future. And so I, I think... It's too—the It's easiest thing in life is to blame your upbringing for who you are, but part of the challenge of life is to break the pattern and to figure out what was wrong with your childhood so that you don't pass those same things on to your children— And have the same impact on them that your parents may have had on you. And this is where we can all start to become better humans. when we think about it and put it in context and say, wait a minute, I'm I'm doing what my parents did to me that I, I didn't appreciate. Or if I say that, I'm sounding in a way like my parents and the things that they said or did to me that made me feel somehow... Not capable or good enough, and and I, it, it's a it's a daily conversation that we have to have because we are raised one way, but that doesn't mean we have to stay that way. Um, and it's hard, very very hard. Well, because
0: a lot of times these cycles are repeated, and you know that whole conversation that we see all the time, whether you know. It, when 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 children are raised in abject poverty, you know statistically they it it carries forward. You see people that are unable to break these that break the chains that that keep them down, and because they're inundated with um, this these visuals that go on around them that they're told they they can't do something, and that's hard to break out of when you're just on your own, when you don't have, you know, good friends. My mom used to always say, you become who your friends are. And, you know, when you're 13, you don't want to hear it. 14, you're like oh, rolling your eyeballs. And But my mom was right. Uh, I, I remember running with some kids that weren't all that interested in doing anything with their lives except wasting their time. And as I grew older, I just realized how important it was to have people around me that had... Similar mindsets. I mean, they were really different from me. I'm not saying that I hung around with people that were the same. I, I have people in my life that are so vastly different than me and think different than me, and, but they're just, they're just good. They inspire me to do more. And, they're, and, and these are the friends that will tell me, you can do better than that too. It's not like people patting me on the head all the time. I'm sure you don't like that, Arlene. I'm sure you'd rather have a friend that said, listen, it's, it's not cool what you're doing. And I appreciate that more than anything, having friends that will stand up to me and say, you can do better.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the, the friend who will actually call you out for when you're behaving a certain way or is the same friend that will... You know, be by your side in silence and let you just vent and bemoan something without judging you for it. You know, like the, it's the same person. It's the person who understands you well enough to know when to leave you alone and to when to call you out. And, you know, I've, I've some of my best friendships are friendships of silence, um, where, you know, you can just sit and you don't feel the need to. Expand you know. on that a bit. Um, I, I like when, um, you know when when you feel the need to fill the air when when you're you know it's it's hard to be comfortable in somebody's presence and not feel the need to talk and you know it's it's ironic as we sit here and talk about talking to your friends but what I mean by that is, you know, have you ever just both grabbed a book, you and a friend, you're at the cottage and you both grab a book and you both can sit and read without feeling the need to constantly be engaged in conversation or being alone together, <laughs> being alone together, you, you, you the guys who go fishing and they don't talk, but they're just got their rods in the water and they're fishing and there, there's no need to fill the air with noise of your own voice, but just, mm-hmm. a, just this, this sense of peace and friendship that supersedes words. And I think there's something comfortable about that that takes a lot of effort because it's hard not to want to have to speak.
0: Welcome back to The Business of Life. I'm Jan Arden. I'm with Arlene Dickinson. Well, I'm not with her. She is across the country. Technology is amazing. I'll never get over it. And I'll never get over like sending my friend in London a photograph of my garden and that he has it instantaneously. Can, I just can't even, Arlene. I just, I'm one of those people, I don't take it for granted. Maybe the kids do, but every time I do it, every time my friend sends me a video of him in Dorset with his mom walking along the boardwalk 5,000 kilometers from here, having an ice cream in real time, it makes my head explode.
1: <laughs>
0: Explode? Yeah, I just I just feel overwhelmed by it. Like how I keep thinking, God, people invented this. Um and this is kind of on that same topic of of uh technology is WhatsApp. I use it all the time. It's one of the it's got like one point four or five billion users. So you can imagine how huge that wow. is. But it was hacked. Um in the last little while and it was, uh, yeah, it was hacked Uh and it was supposed to be unhackable, which is why people use it. So I rebooted mine, which is what you're supposed to do is like take it off and reboot it. And, uh, they say they've solved the problem, but anyway, for, they don't know how long it went on. Whoever hacked it was able to listen to engage people's cameras and their microphones. And what? you and I have had this conversation before because you're you're one of those people that tapes the camera on your computer. Remember we? I do not. I
1: don't. Okay. I just say that I don't.
0: Really. Okay. Well, anyway, this is they were able to do that and and to listen to conversations and uh, see through your camera. So that was on the WhatsApp. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, i want to look at that right now. What do you do? Well, there you you can take it off and reboot it. That, that's supposed to like. Uh, upload the new software that Facebook owns WhatsApp, of course. I mean, Facebook owns everything. But the reason why people used WhatsApp is because it was touted as the safest mode of transmitting messages. I mean, there's a lot of sexting going on out there, Arlene, believe it or not. There are people actively, as we're speaking right now, sending pictures of their private parts very erotic conversations, maybe some of them are wanted, some of them are unwanted, but it, like, that's what goes on. I think that's what people are more worried about than anything being hacked into is, I would think, pictures of that nature. If they hacked into me, they'd get pictures of cabbage rolls, and (laughs) um, maybe even like a a fancy hot chocolate recipe, a vegan hot chocolate recipe. So, listen, if you're going to hack me, folks, it's not very exciting. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, listen, I, I I don't think anybody would ever want to be hacked. I didn't know. I I'm, I'm going to have to check that on my phone though. Now you got me cuz I I think you don't ever want to leave yourself vulnerable. Do you do vulnerable. WhatsApp?
0: Yep, yep.
1: Okay. Oh, I don't want to say that on the no, airways cuz no, now I, they're going to
0: No, I always just I message you. Like we i message.
1: I do WhatsApp. I'm not really great. Like I I use it. I have a lot of, more and more of my friends are using it, so I'm gonna I'm about to delete it though.
0: <laughs> no, I don't I mean I, I think that's just part and parcel of, of how how it's working out there. I, I don't know, people must spend all their time like hacking. Um, my I'm lucky I don't I don't think I've ever been hacked that I know of, but I also think that I'm so boring that <laughs> no one would want to. Um, You're not
1: boring, Jen.
0: Well, I just mean in the sense, like, I don't have anything really... I always say to people, listen, I don't worry about my... Co- aren't you worried about your content? Aren't you worried about the stuff on your phone? I'm like, I'm absolutely not worried about anybody. I could hand you my phone. If I'm ever in a relationship in the near future, and if the person that is aspiring to be with me wants to see my phone, I am more than happy to do that. Here, Look at it. It's, there's nothing on here. All I know is that if someone is sitting across from a dinner table from me, who's, you know, if I'm in a relationship or whatever, I have no qualms about handing them my phone. I think the first sign of someone being disloyal or being in any kind of n- having an affair is if you if they don't want you to see their phone. That's the first sign, I think. Not that I want to know, but I just think that's...
1: That's very telling. Would you hand someone your phone? Uh, somebody I was somebody I was dating. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I don't have any issue with people looking at my phone. So if my, if, ki- if my it, kids my kids get on my phone all the time, they know all my passwords, they know everything. Like I go go ahead. There's no secrets in my life. I mean, you know, I I I don't have any issue with that. I. I have no, but I'm also a very direct person, so I have no problem. If I had an issue with somebody, I probably would have told them long before I texted it to somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) they would have been the first to know. Like if you're if
0: you're waiting to to find out about something on someone's phone, and that's supposed to be like the major way of people finding out that they are being cheated on is through a social media. I just want to tell this very brief story. I'm not going to use any names because it's someone that I work with. And anyway, she dated this fellow for two years. We all knew him. He was all brought into our circle. And he hung out with us and had meals with us. Anyway, um, she finds out through Instagram, she she just through some fluke came across what was initially a private account, I guess, um, of someone she wasn't even following. I don't, I'm not sure of this how this worked exactly, but she saw a picture of her boyfriend with another woman on a vacation Holy. that she was what? supposed to be on. Yep. What? This just happened. Oh my god! And then uh, she had me go in because she suddenly got instantly blocked because she said, "Oh wow," or something. She commented on this woman's picture like. Uh, I, it was something, she was trying to be funny, like, oh, I see you're on a holiday with my boyfriend. Anyway, she was blocked immediately, and then she had me go on, very clandestine, and follow this person, um, well, she, she didn't have a private account, so I was able to go in and look at her pictures, but I was just like, holy smokes, this is how my friend found out that her relationship, two years, and I'm not talking like six weeks here, folks, two years, so thoughts, go ahead, I want to hear them.
1: Well, I have two things I want to talk to, say to that because I want to go back on something I just said. But okay, listen, I, I think if somebody's living a double life, I having as somebody who had an affair once in my life or once before in my life, um, it's hard to live a double life. It's a lot of energy. It takes a lot of work. And the line just lies upon the lies, right? The lie upon the lie upon the lie. So, you know, I horrible that he was out doing that living a completely separate life um can't even imagine how hurtful that was for for her to find that on instagram of all places um so mm-hmm. yeah i feel i feel for her and 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 i probably for him you know he's probably suddenly his life got a lot simpler right because <laughs> it's all the lying had to <laughs> stop has to stop um yeah it's awful awful but to be so, so be so brazen. So go
0: back. You you wanted to comment about something you were talking
1: about before. I'm sorry. No, if I you cut didn't. You off. Um, well, I said I'm very direct, and I would always tell somebody if there was something wrong. That's not true. I'm, I, that was a complete. That was a complete. That's the Arlene I wish I was, not the Arlene I actually am. The Arlene I actually am would never have the courage to say to somebody you know, what was wrong because I was raised, I I was, I was raised to feel somehow grateful I was in a relationship, not, not to, no, I'm telling you, like I, I, I would not, I, I really struggle. I really struggle with saying kind of what the real issues are. And, and I, I I, I push my own feelings down because I want the other person's happiness to be there and and when I even no no listen to me this isn't me trying to be like not hard on myself I'm trying to tell you that when I finally screw up the courage to say it's wrong by the time I have the courage to say it's wrong it is really wrong like it has gone past like let's fix it I've I've I get to a point where I push myself to an edge that there really likely is no coming back from. Because I finally have screwed up the courage to say it's got to end. And so by the time I get there, I am like at the edge of the precipice, right? So versus being having the courage to have the conversation throughout the relationship saying this is what we need to work on. This is what's wrong. I don't. I let things slide, 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 build, 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 build until finally I go boom and that's it. I'm done. But
0: I don't think your story is uncommon. No. People compartmentalize stuff. They bury it away. They bury it away. They suitcase it, as they say, in prison. And they just put stuff aside until you get to a point where it all comes out and the other person's left standing there going, why didn't you say this before? And I've certainly done similar situations. Like my last relationship of 10 years should have been over in three years. And much like you... I don't know if I didn't feel deserving of it. I was almost like, oh my God, I don't want to go through meeting somebody new. I really was so kind of involved with the family. It was all these, I could find excuses like you wouldn't believe. So I think the last four years especially were very, that was my fault. And I have to accept responsibility for that because I should have been able to say, I should have spoken more honestly.
1: Yeah. It's hard to do, though, because you don't want to hurt people's feelings or you feel like somehow you're overreacting. Or you or don't, don't wa- want
0: to go through hard Yeah, you don't want
1: to lose the relationship 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah I, I think we could all do better. Although I do think that in today's generation, the younger generation is is better at saying what they... <sighs> cuz they break up online they send
0: texts that's true i mean that's true my my road manager chris he's like off he's off the dating apps now he's gay man and he's like jan it is so brutal out there i don't even know what to tell you he said you can accept a coffee date and while you are walking to the coffee date You know, with hat in hand, kind of feeling like maybe this could, you know, be somebody fun or a good friend at least, he will get a text saying, Sorry, got another coffee date closer to my house. And he said, A lot of times he just gets stood up. Or a lot of times he'll go for coffee and the person gets up to go to the bathroom and doesn't come back. What? Like, no, I'm not kidding you. And this is no way. Yes. No way. Chris Chris and I have had many, you know, Chris. I do know Chris. Yeah, we've had many conversations. He's awesome. He is an amazing man. And I always say to him, you're just too amazing. For one thing, these these guys are doing you a favor. But he said the climate, like you nailed it, that younger people, the younger generation, they don't do anything face to face, Arlene. They send texts or emails or they or Instagram. And then on the other side of that coin, that's where they do all their stalking and their They're recon, you know, they'll, they'll break up with somebody, but by God, they'll follow them to the ends of the world, watching everything they do until they're blocked off of everything. It is a weird thing out there. It's not like you actually sit, we need to go for dinner and talk back in the, back in the day, right? We need to have a discussion. They do not do that.
1: That's true. You know, like I can. I remember I was dating a guy, and and one of and suddenly his ex girlfriend is following me, and next thing, and then she's blocking me. And I'm thinking I don't like. I don't, and the only reason I knew she had blocked me is because he told me. And I thought I don't like. I, I got news for you, babe. I don't even follow you. I don't care. I don't like. It's just crazy. I'm thinking, why do people do these things? Like honestly, it's so immature, and it's so so remote the whole notion you know i I there are we've talked about blocking people before <laughs> i I finally ended up having to block um to block them from my Instagram because like, oh like don't like crazy it's crazy it is okay. what what, Chris, what are you say? He, Chris really made me laugh like.
0: This is a few months ago we were on the plane as we often are we're always flying somewhere but we have a great time Chris is 20 years younger than me I love his I love his take on things and He always makes me laugh. But when I hear the dating stories, I feel like the luckiest human being in the world not being part of that. But anyway, he says, Jan, you're lucky if you get broken up with on texting or if you get something canceled or someone bails on you or ghosts you or whatever. He said, you're lucky when you get words on texting, like, hey, can't make it. He said, a lot of times you will only get like an emoji. What? Like you won't even, they won't even be arsed to like send you, sorry, got a bail. He said, you won't get that. You'll literally get like a sailboat, an airplane and a fricking stop sign. He said, they don't even take the time to send a what? words. A sailboat,
1: a, sailboat, uh, a what? He's like, <laughs> I'm off yeah. sailing into the sunset. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> but I'm like,
0: really? He said, oh yeah. If you get like words, he said, that's a whole different level You know, that's considered good manners. It's when you just get the emojis of like a bomb with a fuse being lit or who knows. I just, some of his stories are so beyond, beyond the beyond. And people that are using pictures of themselves from
1: like 30 years ago, that's a little bit of a stretch too. (laughs) Well, I, I, see, I don't know what I would do if I went on a date and somebody went to the bathroom and didn't come back. I think I'd be, like, devastated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he
0: is. He's been devastated, and it's been more than once. Really? He's like, Jan, now I expect it. He said, I've, I've gotten so conditioned. Um, he went off any kind of dating apps for, like, six months, and he just was living his life. He got a new puppy, as everybody knows, that follows Doesn't Believe You. Um, but he just, he just went, no, I can't even take it. And, but one thing about, about him, and this speaks so highly of his character. He said, I would never do that to anybody else.
1: No, cause he's had it um, done to himself. So he understands how hurtful it is. yeah he, he
0: wouldn't, he said, I sit through the coffee. I try and be engaging. I know right away that, you know, i maybe we could be pals or go bowling once in a while or something. I, but he just said, I have never done that to a person. I said, Chris, that says so much about you. Cause what do you do? You turn around and just do the same thing to other people. It's like, it's unacceptable, (laughs) but these guys get away with it because they have, there's so many choices. And I, I don't know. I'm sure the straight world's the same way. I think if people find out that it's not a booty call or, Oh God, this really is a coffee date. Yeah. I'm, I'll never talk to you again or phone you again. So I, I can't even imagine, but it, there's good things too. My my friend who lives in the Kootenays met her husband. I think they've been together 15 years now. Great, great guy. They met online. I was skeptical, but... He is an excellent man, and they were both very like-minded, so I guess it works.
1: Yeah, well, everybody, um, everybody I know who's um, dating has met, not everybody, but most people I know who are, are dating now has met their other uh, half online. Really? Yeah. Yep. Well, where are they going to go, so- Jen, People don't go to restaurants and bars and do that sort of stuff the same way anymore. They, they meet online. They, they use dating apps. They, yeah, it's... Well, I will never do that. I, as a
0: public person, I would never do it in a million years. And uh, I'm just hoping that I'll get up one day and I go out and walk to my garden and the love of my life will be standing in my garden.
1: <laughs> will it with look a like rink. a salary stock? Will Maybe it'll just you? be a <laughs> beat,
0: a large beat. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think about that sometimes. I think, you know, what does that look like for me? And some nights I lie there and... I, it kind of doesn't let me go to sleep because I'm like, I don't know if I want to be by myself for the rest of my life. And then there's another part of me, the other half, I've got two very different people sitting on opposing shoulders. And the other one is just like, you are so awesome on your own. You've never been happier. You've never been more productive. You've never been more like in tune with yourself. So I've got that going on.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I know. I I don't like. We can't have one more show on dating because we're supposed to be. I'm so sorry. Strongly that people want to independent, independent this stuff. women who don't need
0: to date. Okay, can can I just change the topic really quickly? Yeah. How, do, do we have a few minutes left, Adam? Yeah, he said we got three. Okay. Three minutes. Okay. Listen, and 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 humor me on this okay. because my white dog, my big white farm dog named Belle, she's got between three and six months. We don't even. We're hoping to have a good summer. Yeah. Today, Nadine and I, my assistant here, we're talking about just, you know, we're already upset talking about it, but I want to have a funeral for my dog. Yep. And
1: do you think that's dumb? Not even remotely, I do. I think okay. that's dumb. I think, I think, in fact, there's actually new services that are coming up with compassionate um, funerals for pets where the veterinarian will come to your home and, and help put the pet to sleep so that they have a yeah. peaceful passing. Oh, well, that's
0: def- That's happening for sure. Yeah. And
1: they, and they actually help you with the ceremony. They help you deal with it. They, um, it, it's actually a big growing business because pets are family. And so of course you should, if you want to have a funeral for Belle, you should have a funeral for For Belle.
0: Well, we really do. I want to invite people that knew her and I want to have, um, like a nice lunch and if people want to say a few words, I know I, I, when I'm saying it out loud, talking to you, I'm like, you have lost your ever-loving marbles. But I don't even want to think about Mitty. Mitty's 10, and I'm hoping that she's one of those little dogs that lives to be like 17, 18 years old. Like, I, I think she's going to do great. Belle is, there's no way around this. We are coming to the end. She's having a really hard time walking. We've got her on a lot of, um, you know, pain management. But she's eating really great. She's got a real zest for life. She likes walking a little bit. But i we got to start thinking about it. And I just thought, no, we're making plans about what we're going to do. But I'm definitely, definitely going to have a funeral.
1: Well, I'm sorry to hear that she is ill. And I think you should. You know what, Jan? This is, this is where life really does um, become... About caring less about what other people think and more about what you want to do. Yeah. And and it just doesn't really matter one iota what anybody thinks about it. You need to do what is right for you. This is your life your relationship with your pet. Belle has been an important part of your life, and you can throw her a party, you can have a funeral, you can have a dinner, you can do whatever you want, because this is about your life and your life with her. And so I have zero tolerance for anybody who would say I anything know, else.
0: The weirdest thing is, and I, I don't know, one of us usually cries at these things, is I have a screensaver on my computers, and it's mom and dad, And they're two dogs. And I keep saying that Belle's the last living thing on this screensaver. So it's going to be weird to have the last one going. It's so bizarre, Arlene. But I think I just picture her going up with her sister and mom and dad. And I mean, we just have to throw our shoulders back and carry on. I'm sorry to be crying, but it's just... I'm I'm doing really good for the most part, but when I see things like that, every time I look at the screensaver, do you remember that scene in Back to the Future when Michael Fox, Michael J. Fox was looking at that photograph and his family was disappearing because mm-hmm. he hadn't changed the future properly or something or mm-hmm. he had to get his mom and dad together. That's what it was. And every time I look at that picture, I'm like, oh my God, I wish I could do something to make all of this go away. But anyhow... We're having a damn uh,
1: dog funeral, and you are invited, Arlene, if you want to come. I will come, and I want you to know that that picture is um, is forever in everybody's mind, Jen. And you, you're you a beautiful human, and love talking to you. I do, too. Talk to your friends, everybody, and talk to them about dog funerals, if
0: nothing else. We'll see you next time. Talk to your friends. La, la, la.